Okay, thank you for joining me today. And uh, yeah, thank you, Alan, for joining me today. And then uh, today I'm going to share with you three news uh, about XR. The first one is absence uh, 600 pound dollar, uh, 600 pound augmented um, um, reality smart glasses are a glimpse into the future. Yeah, so uh, this news is in is on independent.co.uk. So if you are interested in knowing more about uh, what absence new glass, smart glass, feel free to uh, look up your browser. And then, uh, yeah, so with Facebook, Google, and Apple smart glass glasses on horizon, uh, absent, absence move, move, mover, <laughs> move real. I don't know how to spell that. Move real BT40s feel like a canvas waiting for print, uh, for for paint. Okay, so um, this uh, this um, this news was written by Adam Smith. Okay, so uh, we all know that uh, smart glasses has been a while, and Google, after a failed attempt to make Google Glass popular, uh, they. Right, uh, they purchased a startup to make a second attempt. And now Facebook has been continually developing smart glasses to build a mixed reality future. Apple has been long rumored to be uh, doing the same thing uh, because Tim Cook, I remember it was around in around uh, 2017, Tim Cook said that uh, the whole industry will be changed entirely and nothing will be uh, left untouched um, if augmented reality you know, rocks or something. And Tim Cook pretty much saying that augmented reality is a very, very important uh, technology uh, to the future. So yeah, so pretty much that um, is kind of the, the background. And now currently, um, absence mover real uh, BT40, it's a 600 pound pair of second screen uh, smart glasses. Now, uh, you know, it's join the party, join the manufacturing or cre creating smart glasses. So uh, these glasses need to plug into Windows computer or an Android smartphone via USB-C connection. And then, yeah, so um, it's like, um, yeah, so it's kind of like, 1080p display and uh, um, yeah and everything looks pretty good uh, I would say that it should be like a normal um, standard for um, smartphone and uh, you know you need to plug into your windows or uh, your windows computer or android smartphone um, yeah and it's comfortable lightweighted uh, yeah and you, you can glance between your uh, you know um, computer and uh, it's like a second monitors uh, for your uh, glass, smart glass. Yeah, so yeah, so for I, I think it's very interesting to see all the companies they are competing each other and trying to provide a good, um, I would say, very good uh, quality of wares. And if there are more companies doing the smartphone. Smart smart glasses, then um, we will get better service or better product and with a lower price. So, uh, what do you, do you have any feedback, Ellen, for the news? 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. The um, I, I love the the innovation and, and I love the competition because that it definitely results in better products out there. Um, at some point, some of these maybe smaller companies will get picked up by the bigger ones, or at least we'll start seeing some new innovation kind of happening around uh, the wearables or the smart glasses. But yeah, I mean, I, I believe I still I still think the only issue with some of these devices is being somewhat proprietary to a specific kind of connection. So only being able to work with Android, only being able to work with Windows. Um, and then again, when Apple comes out, it'll only work with Apple, I'm sure. Um, uh, but but uh, but yeah, you, you start to limit the, the demographic of, of people that have certain types of devices. So well, what would be awesome if there was some type of, you know, wearable device where it's just plugged in, kind of like, uh, you know, kind of like we have now with headphones and stuff, you can just plug it into any device. Um, would would be cool. I, I doubt that that works. Everybody kind of wants to have their own, you know, hardware working on their own devices. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I I think the reason why Apple would be super successful here is because there's just so many people that use Apple devices, and and um, you know, it, it's just one of those things where you know you have to have the ecosystem around it to be useful. Um, and I think that's one of the, you know, the issues that, uh, comes up with these things as well, but, but I do love the competition. I think that's, uh, you know, vital for having innovation, you know, kind of coming out rapidly. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. And, uh, you see like the more, I feel like the more competitive competitors in this area, the more fragile, or, you know, like, just like you said that, uh, the more brand or the more incompatible <laughs> that we have to adjust for example like oh this glass only work for android phone so for me i have iphone and um, um, macbook pro then i might not be able to use it or develop it but i don't know like maybe in the future there's something for example like right now um if if you develop an app right you need to develop usually people will develop two, right? One is iOS, another one is Android. So maybe the device, it is still, you know, um, because of the the companies, they are com compete with each other. So maybe we can have like, for example, iOS device, but all the apps, they are compatible. For example, I buy this whole set. I don't have to buy another device in order to play another game or use another software. Maybe software part, they probably need to diverse. So make sure all the device that we buy is not just like, oh, I buy a, like a few thousand for this device and I only can play 10 apps and I have to buy another set in order to do, you know, I don't know, online education or something. Yeah. Yeah, and I know it's not just simple hard hardware-wise, but it would be awesome if there was like a wearable device that was like Bluetooth enabled where you can just connect your Bluetooth and, and interact with uh, whichever device you had. I mean, that would, I think it would be a, a more interesting kind of world to have something like that. But but obviously the technology is a little more advanced than, uh, you know, just simple Bluetooth connections. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree completely. It's some of my frustrations when I look at different uh, software, different kind of features out there. It's like, well, this only works for Windows. This mm -hmm. only works for, you know, the Quest. You know, only yeah, works for right. Um, and then, yeah, you're kind of like, well, I have to wait for it to come out for my device. Yeah, and Quest Rift. Oh, no, no, no uh, Oculus Rift and Oculus Quest. 
you know, like they are from the same companies. Why I couldn't play the Rift game, right? Or, or something, right? And I have to have a PC. So there are so many stuff that uh, makes everything so hard. I don't know why. It's just. But, but it's, it's again, the, the problem we have right now is because this technology is so new, relatively new. Mm. Um, that yeah, you're going to have those segmentation. It just makes sense. Um, mm. I, I think as the, the industry kind of becomes more standardized, um, you, you'll see a lot of the stuff kind of come together better. But yeah, right now it's it's like they say we're in the wild west of some of this stuff. So I, I think it's going to definitely going to be segmented for for a while. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <clears throat> cool. Thank you. Uh, and the next news will be. Um, it's on Forbit, Forbes, Forbes.com. And then the, the title is called Empowering Equ uh, Equ uh, Equ uh, Equity in Education with Virtual Reality and Immersive Learning. So this, um, this news uh, is written by SAP. Yeah, okay. So, oh, okay. So by Stephanie Nash, Nashawaiji. So yeah. So pretty much in this news, it talks about the e-learning and uh, yeah, and they took some, um, I would say, uh, experiment and some research about how, uh, how students learn uh, from the e-learning uh, and uh, versus to virtual reality platform. And they find out uh, the four to six weeks course feature curriculum from Telespin. Um, they find out that uh, the learner um, is more concentrate or, you know, like, uh, let me see, it's on um, pwc.com. They find out VR learners are more focused uh, compared to, you know, the classroom setup. For example, like, uh, they ask a bunch of questions for the tester, for the student. How many times were you multitasking or distracted during this experience? Uh, in classroom setup, it's like uh, 0 0.78. But in VR, it's only kind of like halfway. It's just like 0 0.48. So you see like in classroom setup, people feel kind of like easy to get distracted. And e-learning is, you know, much higher, right? Because it's a small screen. And sometimes we, we have something to do, so we will leave, right? So VR, in this case, VR, with VR learning, users are significantly uh, less distracted. In a VR headset simulations and immersive experience, um, it will, um, you know, make users or learners more focused on, uh, on the learning. And uh, yeah, so um, research has shown that immersive technology is a powerful education tool. According to PwC, people who are taught using virtual reality tech are 3.75 times more emotionally connected to the content, four times more focused on their e-learning peers, and 275% more confident about applying the skills. Uh, they learn after training. And what, what's the benefit? The benefit about VR uh, learning is that, um, you know, like students can not only learn from the lesson, but also uh, in a real world setting. It's 
in assimilation, right? So students can learn a lot uh, by all the uh, you know real world settings and also the the, the knowledge. So they learn much more than uh, e-learning student and uh, uh, you know students in the classroom. So yeah, and also uh, in this article, you mentioned you mentioned some soft skills, right? Because uh, sometimes it's really hard to train the soft skills and something that is a tough, tough topics. For example, like before we, we mentioned about like uh, in Yale University, um, you know, professors or researchers uh, was doing some experiment about e-cigarette or vampo, right? Those stuff and helping high schools to reduce uh, their, their um uh, you know, potential to have e-cigarette in the future. So it seems like it significantly uh, changed the behavior of high school students after a few weeks of testing. And then also this can game the soft skills, for example, like empathy for uh, the students. Like before we mentioned that uh, for some universities, um, I, I forgot the name of the university, but uh, they did some, uh, you know, access, accessibilities of the campus, right? One is a girl with a wheelchair, another one is a teacher, another one is a student and a bunch of different avatars. And you can really be inside their shoes and uh, empathize them. For example, the wheelchair girl, you pr probably cannot access from anywhere, right, into the, in, in the, uh, to the classroom. So yeah, so people will empathize more in those uh, virtual uh, settings. So yeah, so Ellen, any thoughts about the news for uh, VR versus the um, other types of learning? Any thoughts? Yeah, it's very interesting, um, I guess, uh, study uh, on this, this subject, because uh, I mentioned before, I, I, I believe that the VR kind of uh, uh, access to training makes a lot of sense because it kind of puts you into that environment psychologically you're kind of truly connected to what you're doing uh, but it is interesting to compare that to a real live kind of uh, classroom and the difference so i think yeah in a live classroom with multiple people in the classroom you do have the um, probably the, the ability to get more distracted you know by things whereas in the vr you're kind of uh, in your own specific little world, you know, interacting with that one thing. So I, I do think that that would make it more likely not to get distracted. Um, my, I guess my question is because we are even to the younger generation is, is still pretty new and pretty fascinating. Um, uh, my question would be over time, like in a couple of years when this becomes very uh, you know, standard thing that we do, um, is that same study the same, you know, you know what I mean? It's like if we're doing this in, you know, five or so years where everybody does VR, it's just a common thing. Um, does the magic kind of go away and it just kind of becomes more normal and you can get distracted easily easier? Um, you know what I mean? It's like it, those stats might be perfect today because of the newness of the technology, but I don't know over time if that, that would change at all. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I do think uh, because in a virtual environment, you know, you're not necessarily, you know, you could be interacting with other people, but for the most part, you're kind of uh, focused on the, the task in, in front of you. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's very interesting uh, uh, kind of study. 
Yeah. So yeah, I, I totally agree, and I think that maybe in the future everything will change, right? And then all the data will change. And I think yeah,、uh, as for the multitasking、uh, stuff, or you know, like we will get distracted by the environment. Should we really learn like a robot, right? It's like you know. Uh, you probably lose a lot of fun interacting with the real human being if you only live in the virtual world of your own. And VR pretty much is like a first point,、um, first person, right? It's a kind of like everything surrounded with you, and everything. It's like a game, like you know, you are probably the only or like maybe multiplayer game, but it feels like you are probably.、Um, It it's not a real life setting, so maybe、yeah. if you spend too much time in VR, you might act or you might feel、um, it's hard to、uh, live in the real world. Yeah, interact. <laughs> yeah, real people. That's a, that's a good question. I, I don't know if the study addressed that, but like, say for example, you went to a classroom、yeah. and you had you know ten other people in that class learning the same subject. In time,、mm. as opposed to a VR environment where it's just you learning that task by yourself,、mm. it would be interesting if you, in the VR world,、uh, or had other avatars around you that you could potentially interact with. Or,、mm. you know, I, I don't know if the studies were kind of、uh, the same in that that consideration, or、mm. if it was kind of differentiated there. But, yeah.、Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what if, for for example, and they are still young, right? And I remember I I. I I play Oculus, and when I connect to the headset, it seems like they are limited kids. Like I, I forgot the age, like thirteen or some.、Yeah. I, I don't know what age. With with、uh, with Facebook, yeah, thirteen's the youngest.、Uh, yeah, they, they 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 don't want kids like those ages. Like oh, but but I think they 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 are testing on sixteen to twenty four. But I mean,、yeah. if this VR,、um, you know, wants to be implemented into. More younger generation, like kids, like you know, kindergarten or you know,、uh, elementary school, they might confuse about the virtual and reality, right? Because they start doing it so young, so they probably think, oh, I thought everyone looks like a robot, and when I take off the 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 glass, I find out people look different from what I saw. Yeah, it's like you do. You do have different in VR, even those social aspects. It's a little odd to interact with the people there, but yeah.、Um, but yeah, you know, when it comes to VR, one of my other questions is: I have a son who's eleven, and his eyes、um, mm. are smaller, obviously, so we have to adjust the lenses on the Quest.、Mm. But if you were a lot younger, I, I, I don't、yeah. know how much because only goes so far. You know how much the The lenses actually adapt for a for a kid, you know,、yeah. five or six years old or something.、Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I I'm not sure how that works, but、uh, yeah. but yeah, it would be interesting to see. Yeah, right. Now maybe we are from reality to virtual reality. What if in the future kids is from reality、uh, from virtual to real world? They probably、yeah. need something to、uh, make them to familiarize or acting more normal like us. In this world, yeah. yeah. No, I think,、um, I, I think that, like we talked about before, though, the, the advantage of VR, though, because a lot of people say kind of say bad things about it because you're you're not getting out in the world, you're not doing things. But I think for kids, the the beauty is that you can kind of you know nowadays, like my son can jump into the VR, he can 
walk on Mars right now. I mean, oh, yeah, wow. you can see dinosaurs the way they, they would be in reality if they existed today. Mm. And you could travel the world. Like, um, you know, I have him doing like homework things where he, he actually goes and sees uh, virtual locations around the world mm. um, and travel and whatnot in, in historical kind of you know, wow, sites. That's cool. So those are things I didn't have when I was a kid. Um, so yeah. I think it's awesome. That's yeah, awesome right. Yeah, and I think it breaks the limitations of a kid, right? Because, you know, when we were young, I remember when I was in elementary school, there was a science, because, yeah, there was a science test. I still remember when I was first grade, I still remember that, uh, you know, subject. It's like the, 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 the question. The question it was that um, uh, Earth is the only uh, planet that has, lives and i was like no no you know there is something out there but you know according to the textbook it yeah. is it says that earth is the only uh, planet that um you know has lives life, yeah. yeah so but you know um I, I i read some news i don't know whether that's true or not that there's some signals that approve to be higher uh, intellectual stuff like coming from other galaxies to yeah. you know some yeah so, so yeah they, they they send us some really special signals that shows they are they, they have like high intelligence so yeah so maybe this can really help kids or next generation uh, to start thinking outside of box right and innovate more uh yeah rather than we yeah, right now we limited to our reality, but with virtual reality, you see like uh, when I every time when I'm in old space, I always see a bunch of uh, you know like avatars, and it's really cool to see you know how people envision themselves to another yeah. types of avatars. So Maybe yeah, people, so I think people act a little different when they can't be seen. It's kind of like in traffic. People are maybe a little more aggressive than they'd normally be in real life because you're inside the car, you're hidden, and you know. So people mm -hmm. kind of act differently there as well. But the one thing to, to remember, and I think people forget about this, is that the technology you see today in the VR world or even AR mm -hmm. is the technology that exists today. Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean that it's always going to look that way. And you know, 20 years from now, we'll still see avatars kind of bouncing around and looking kind of weird. I mean, the technology will always get better. Um, it'll be more realistic. They'll start to be able to capture facial, you know, you know yeah. gestures. And, you know, so, so it's, it's tough for, you know, when I show people samples of VR, it's like, well, that looks really fake or, yeah yeah right right you know yeah right now yeah right now i'm learning um chi computer human interaction and i read a book it's very interesting back in 1970s and people are still like the 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 people like yeah like the people uh, i would say a few decades ago are predicting today like in this year or you know like in few years ago, they predict that the future is full of icons. Icons will be, you know, the main uh, communication tools for us. And they were predicting back in 1970s. And now I would say that, wow, you see, like people were predicting and trying to figure it out. And during that time, it's just like a, a, a bold, you know, thoughts. And then uh, people who think of those like, oh, 
you know, in the future, a lot of a lot of all, a lot of users will start using icons to communicate. Icon like a mentor for to communicate. And I was like, yeah. Uh, today we think everything is normal, but in the past, it's like, wow, you are the mover. You guys are the pioneer. But yeah, it's very interesting. Maybe you know we are like that, right? Maybe in the future, after twenty decades, right? And then the the kids look at、um, you know people who are working right now for XR. They will think like, oh, does that everything seems normal to them, but In this time, it's still like we are still talking about it. We are trying to figure out what's the future, and yeah, and we are already be part of the textbook for the <laughs> and yeah, record all that.、Possible. Yeah, it, everything seems very futuristic today or very modern, but yeah, I mean, it, it will be very much longer. That'll seem very old-fashioned.、Um, I remember、uh, back in the eighties watching、uh, music videos, and I think、mm-hmm. I was watching the. Dire Straits video,、uh, Money for Nothing, and they had、um, the 3D in that video、mm. of、uh, the characters. And I remember at the time thinking to myself, "Wow, that's so realistic looking." It was just fascinating. <laughs> and, and if you look at that video today, it, it's a joke. It's like a cartoon. It, it's、um, it's very basic, very clunky、um, compared to what they can do today. But it's a good example of during that time、mm. that was like kind of cutting edge, you know, 3D stuff. And you know, over time, it's just gotten better and better and better.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, that, that's exactly you know the point that you know that VR is going to do the same thing. So,、mm, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. And I, I think I don't know, like we are working on it, and then hopefully, like you know, like all our you know kind of talking or all our effort will. Come true, and next generation when they look back, and then they will figure out, wow, whatever they think、um, there today is normal, but actually in this time is pioneer, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the third news is、um, entrepreneur.com, and the title is called "Get to Know Google's Starline Project to Make Video Calls with a Life-Size 3D Holograms." So yeah, so this news um, um, was written by Entrepreneur Stay staff, right? Okay. So yeah, so、um, in this news, it says that、uh, soon you could talk face to face with other people at a distance thanks to the Starline project, the system that Google is developing to pro-、uh, pro- project three D holograms in、uh, video call. So pretty much.、Um, Google is doing something that、uh, it's it's really futuristic, right? And uh, it's uh, people always think about Star Wars or Back to the Future, yeah, some 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 really cool、uh, movies. And Google is ready to work on the Starline project.、Uh, it's a system for making video calls that project 3D. Um, holograms of people in real size. So Project Starline was、uh, un- unveiled this week during the Google I/O event, where the big tech presented its next news.、Um, yeah, the pretty much、um, it's it's like、um, it combines research in company、uh, in computer vision, machine learning, and special audio and real time compression with a breaking through three D. Display so pretty much,、uh, 
um, you talk with your friends in 3D, uh, in video chat, right? And then Google, uh, Google's project starline can turn uh, another person into totally a HoloLens, uh, ho holograms. So yeah, so I think uh, the camera with uh, which includes a 3D recording system and depth sensors will collect information from a person's face, body and movements. This will be processed and compressed by an intelligent uh, system, which will send them to another computer via the internet in real time. Uh, yeah, so the receiving device will decompress the data and convert it into a holographic uh, projection, which will be displayed on the uh, screen or frame. Or frame. Uh, thus, we will see our, um, you know, you can see, um, it is as a life-size 3D model speaking and gesturing as if we were face-to-face. -face. So yeah, I think this one is a very interesting one. Uh, yeah, uh, if you want to do a real-time holo hologram, right? Uh, you need a, a few hundred high-end, I would say at least a, a lot of uh, cameras point at you and you need to be in a studio, right? With a really high-end um, um, you know, device or settings and you were sitting there and with 5G connection. So, you know, because the data is so big. But right now with uh, Google, you know, Google Starline project, you can pretty much do it in real, in real time and turn yourself a hologram. Maybe you can storage as a, you know, as a footage or something. I think this is like a really cool and not so expen expensive if you want to have a small hologram. It seems like, um, if you want to have a hologram, um, real hologram, it takes at least around 10K to 15K just for, a, I would say five or 10 minutes small hologram of yourself, right? So I think this is definitely a really, really, um, you know, like helping us to achieve to another milestone. Yeah. What do you think, Ellen? Any feedback? Ellen, do you have any feedback or thoughts for the news for uh, Google's uh, Star uh, Starlight project? Uh, make a video calls with the life size 3D. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, I can hear you. because um, I, you're always looking at, I guess, what's the obvious way to do holograms, you know, and we've looked at different types of, you know, laser systems that can kind of use different light points from different directions and, you know, and using mirrors to kind of bounce things off. But I, I think what they've figured out is that there, there's always a different way to approach maybe a problem. And so by using machine learning, um, and some of the AI that's available today, you kind of fake the video into seeing, tracking you, and then being able to manipulate the uh, object behind you in 3D. And, and I believe that's kind of what they're doing to get this kind of 3D, um, 
you know, uh, effect going on. Um, so, so yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's pretty fascinating um, stuff, and definitely you know another glimpse into the future of how we'll kind of be able to connect with people uh, remotely, but making it a, a much closer experience. Um, another technology that I thought was interesting is Nvidia uh, recently came out with a um, a video conferencing technology where instead of sending video from like a, maybe a Zoom meeting. Instead of sending video, what they do is they capture your image at the very beginning of the process, and then they use spatial uh, detection or AI to then take that image and then map your gestures to that image and then send the data uh, through to uh, to the other person. So uh, is that spatial IO? Like at the beginning, you need to take a two D photo or similar to that? Yeah, oh. exactly. So they kind of do the same thing. They scan your face very beginning of uh, the call um, and then instead of using actual video uh, as a process they just use your facial uh, data to then map it to the image um, and then send that data over to the the other side uh, but it reduces the data transfer uh, significantly as far as what's required to to make that connection um, so yeah I, I thought that was pretty fascinating in, uh, in just how the technology is kind of evolving yeah, before we think that, you know, everything needs to go through the super expensive camera and send signal, traditional signal to, you know, to the computer so it can generate a precise, you know, data. But now, you know, with machine learning, you can fake it, right? It becomes, yeah, so. Well, it's, becoming, it's getting so sophisticated that, you know, it's, it's harder to detect. Like in the beginning, you can definitely tell yeah, you know, even like with spatial I.O., I mean, it's very obvious. It's a, yeah, it's an avatar that's weirdly meshed to, to a body. But uh, but again, you know, like I said, it, it's getting better and better. And eventually, it'll, you, know, you might not be able to tell the difference. Yeah, right. Yeah, imagine like at the beginning, the phone's camera probably is not working as good as a yeah. traditional one. But right now, you see, like um, I, I I bought a traditional one, which which was like super expensive, like three K or four K. But um, yeah, with my phone, yeah, I, I I can pretty much shoot anywhere, anytime, and it's smaller. And the I, I can even edit it on my phone. So yeah. I feel like traditional camera. It feels like unless you are a professional uh, photographer, videographers. Um, it's, it seems like everyone right now is using phone as their camera. So, yeah, so I think the easy way, there's always a amateur way or, you know, the easy way to achieve and there's always expensive way, right, professional way. So I think this one, if the result is kind of similar, but, you know, less quality or something, I think as for budget-wise, um, a lot of the majority of people, if it is attached to phone or in the future smart glass, I think this one might go viral than the traditional, you know, way of producing uh, hologram holograms. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Uh, it, it'll, it'll definitely morph, if anything, it'll morph into other technology that's utilized. And I, I think the, the, the beauty of these types of applications that sometimes they just become, you know, the standard of what we do and sometimes they just kind of transition into other technologies that then become standard so uh then it goes to waste you know even the google glass that wasn't necessarily a success for a lot of reasons but you know that the concept of it that the technology's been able to kind of be morphed into stuff that we 
you know, we'll be using today and also we'll be using in the future. So, you know, it, it's never a waste, you know, to do this stuff. I think it, it all comes together eventually. Yeah, uh, I remember a long time ago, there was a company called 8i8 numbers, I as ice cream, H-I, and uh, it was doing a lot of, you know, hologram capture. They have a super high-end, you know, studios, and uh, they are capturing the real person and making it a small, you know, footages. And a lot of people, like, I, I remember back in 2016, 17, and people didn't really know how to use uh, these technologies because, you know, it's too out there. And people start thinking about who needs a holo, holo, hol, holographic, uh, you know, footage, right? But right now you see all the AR stuff. Yeah, so technologies, you know, like, I think it's uh, a lot of uh, programmers or, you know, like the companies, they are pushing the technology. Once they have the product, people didn't really know how to use it, but when the time goes by, there's always something maybe twist a little bit. And then, yeah, now they are doing the storytelling stuff. So yeah, if you um, if you look at AI.com, I think that is a very interesting um, stuff. Like before they were trying to figure out how to use the technology, but right now it's perfect for, you know, a lot of live concert or celebrities you can pretty much film them in a professional way for hologram uh, and then, yeah, put it, uh, you know, in the AR app. So um, I I, I visited a company recently that does hologram, uh, well, does scans of of people in 3D as well. But uh, it was interesting because one of their applications that they developed was the ability to use it for security. So, So the same way you would do facial recognition for security, they're doing scanning of the entire body to also be able to be able wow. to track people and um, you know get a better reference of people um, in a three D environment. Wow, uh, so that's that was so kind smart. of scary and uh, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, yeah, like scanning the whole body. I find out that right now all our data is pretty much uh, being taken by a lot of big companies. So yeah, yeah. nobody has a real privacy. Yeah, so. We are part of the big plane. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't run away from it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ellen, for joining me today. And uh, yeah, hopefully see uh, see you tomorrow. And thank you everyone for joining me today. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. Thanks. Uh, take care. Yeah. Bye bye. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully see you tomorrow. Bye bye.